How many of you believe that in your lifetime you'll receive you'll see the return of Christ? Anybody believe that in, within your lifetime that okay maybe in the next forty years? Uh, how about in the next forty years? Some of you are thinking I wish I had forty. Never mind. Um, but maybe in the next 40 years, 41% of people in 2010, 41% of people said that they believed that Jesus would return sometime in the next 40 years. That's 2051. That seems like a long way in the future, doesn't it? But I remember being a kid, you know, and, and thinking about how far the year 2000 seemed in the future. It's like, man, I'm going to be 27 in the year 2000. I'm going to be so old. That was 10 years ago. And now I'm looking back going, I was so stupid and young. <laughs> I'd love to be 27 again, but in 1999, a similar poll was taken, and 44% Americans of Americans believed that Jesus would return in the next 40 years. So by 2041, or actually 2039, they believed that they would see the return of Christ. 20% of people who claim no religious affiliation believe that Jesus is going to return in the next 40 years. I don't understand how that works, but that's what the statistics say. So today we're talking about the return of Jesus as we finish this sermon series on faith's fundamentals. If you'll grab a bulletin on the third page is the, the, the handy-dandy outline for this morning. And we're talking about faith's fundamentals. We've been talking about the, the essential matters of our faith. We've talked about how Jesus is our Savior, the Son of God. We talked about how the Bible is God's Word. Last week we talked about the plan of salvation uh, on, on uh, Easter Sunday. And then today we're talking about how Jesus Christ is coming again. And it can be real easy to kind of lose sight of that. We get so busy bebopping through life, and we take our eyes off the prize. We don't. We forget that Christ is going to return, and and we should be living as though His return is imminent. We should be living our lives as though Christ were coming back soon. And yet, when I ask the question, "How many of you believe that Jesus will return in your lifetime?" I saw very few hands. We think we've got all the time in the world, right? We've got all the time in the world. He's not coming back tomorrow. i got stuff to do. i got a yard to mow, man. i got stuff to do. I have a yard to mow. I, I hate lawn work. Um, but Jesus Christ is coming again. And it's one of the things that we have to believe as Christians. It's one of the things that is it's a pillar of our faith. It's a fundamental of our faith. The fact that Jesus Christ is going to return. And we're going to look at several passages of Scripture this morning. They're going to show us exactly uh, why we believe that Jesus Christ is coming back. Sometimes we can look at the return of Jesus Christ as a bad thing. Oh, man, I'm going to miss out on so much. I'm going to miss out on, on you know, watching my kids grow up or my grandkids or my great-grandkids. I'm going to miss out on this, that, and the other thing. I'm going to miss the Cubs winning the World Series. Not that I'm going to miss that, but. As a White Sox fan. When Christ returns though. When Christ returns. What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. Right? I can only imagine. Like the song we sang earlier. What it will be like. When I walk by his side. When I see him face to face. There is coming a day. When we will see him coming on the clouds in power and glory. Jesus Christ is coming again. He is going to return. Now this sermon is not concerned with dates and times. For no man knows the date or the hour. 
I'm not going to give you some chronological timeline that says, you know, here in 2012, according to the Mayan calendar, the world's going to end. And by the way, they've revised that. I was doing some research for this sermon and discovered that they've revised the, the Mayan calendar. It doesn't quite sync up with ours like they thought it would. And now we may have 30 or 40 extra years, according to the Mayan calendar. So even they got it wrong. So no chronological timelines, no signs to look for in the sky, no end times fiction, no bestsellers, sorry. But we are going to talk about what the Bible says about Christ's return today. Now I want to give you a plug for next week. Next week we start a new sermon series called Connect. And uh, this is the cool little image my wife came up with and uh, did a fantastic job. What does that look like, anybody? Oh, see, I told you, honey. Yeah, thumbs up from the back row. Um, but no, we're, we're talking about the, the network of, of relationships that we have in our lives. We're going to talk about mothers and, and their children. We're going to talk about fathers and their children. It's going to start on Mother's Day, going to go to Father's Day uh, for the next seven weeks. We're going to talk about uh, relationships we have at work, relationships we have at, at, with our spouse, relationships we have with other Christians, relationships we have with non-Christians. So we're going to talk about relationships from Mother's Day until Father's Day. And uh, it's going to be kind of a cool sermon series. And invite your friends. Say, hey, you know, we're going to talk about some really cool things at church and we'd love for you to come. So invite some people to come and join us for that uh, time of, of, of the sermon series called Connect. Well, first we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about the reality of Christ's return. The reality of Christ's return. I have several passages of scripture I want to share with you that, that really confirm the fact that the Bible says that Jesus Christ is coming again. Now, like I said, if you have your handy dandy outline, the very first blank on there is the reality of Christ's return. In John chapter 14, verse 3, Jesus is talking to his disciples on the night before his crucifixion. And he says to them, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. I will come back. That is the promise of Jesus. I will come back to take you to be with me. There's a lot of hope in that. That Jesus Christ is not leaving us here on this planet uh, waiting for nothing. That he is going to return. In Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, uh, Jesus had ascended into heaven. And angels were there talking to the disciples. And they said this. He was, it says, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the, slot, into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. He will come back. As he ascended, one day he will descend, and he will come back. That's awesome. That's a wonderful thought. Jesus Christ is coming again. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. He is coming with the clouds. In Scripture, clouds are a sign of power. Uh, in in, in uh, symbolic language, in, in the Old Testament, when God moves, he, 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 walks on the, he walks on the clouds. There's a cloud surrounding him. Cloud, uh, clouds symbolize power. And when it says that Jesus Christ is coming on the clouds, he is coming in power. In Daniel, he talks about how the Son of Man is coming on the clouds. 
One like a son of man is coming on the clouds. Jesus Christ is coming again. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, the second half of verse 2, it says, We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When he appears, not if he appears, when he appears, when Jesus Christ comes back, we will see him face to face. We will see him. It is a guarantee. It is a certainty. It is a fact. It is not some pie in the sky wish on a star. It is not some dream that maybe, maybe someday he'll be back. He is coming back. It is a certainty. Jesus is definitely going to return and every eye will see him. Every eye will see him. Now that's important. We're going to talk a little bit about the details of Christ's return. Again, I'm not going to give any dates or times because I don't know. No one knows. But I do know one thing, and that is he is coming again. And there are things that we can look forward to. There are little signs along the way that we can see. And we can, uh, we can talk a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going to happen before his coming. Before his coming. It's the next blank on your outline. The Bible tells us that there will be a time of intense spiritual warfare. The book of uh, 1 Thessalonians talks about the man of lawlessness will be released. Uh, the book of Revelation talks about how Satan will be released, will be loosed upon the earth. There will be a, a, an intense time of spiritual warfare uh, going on. Um, Satan will be released, he will be loosed to deceive the nations. Gog and Magog. I mean, the, if you read through the book of Revelation in chapter 20, we see that Satan is loosed upon the earth. Chapter 20, verse 3. Chapter 20, verses 7 through 9. There will be great wickedness over all the earth. You think things are bad now. And they are. But the Bible talks about increasing wickedness, that there will be great wickedness all over all the earth. It makes me think back to the time of Genesis uh, and Noah and the flood, and how uh, it says that every thought, every inclination of man was evil all the time. It's going to be like that. It's going to get really, really bad. There will be persecution, spiritual persecution. There will be physical persecution. It's, you know, this is really the, uh, the, the up, kind of happy, positive sermon, part of the sermon. Yay, persecution. Can't wait. Satan going to come down hard on God's people. But this is leading up to the coming of Christ. This is leading up to his return. Well, what about the rapture? Let's talk about that in just a minute. We'll talk about that in just... What about the rapture? When do we get out of here, right? That's the question we all want to know. When do we get out of here? When, when, you know, when is this thing going to end? Like a bad date, you know? When is this thing going to end and we can get you know, home and to where we really belong and things will be okay? That's what we want to know. Well, I can't tell you a date, like I said, and I'm going to probably tell you some things that you're might not want to hear because, well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. <laughs> we will see his coming. Seeing his coming is the next blank in your outline. Titus 2.13 talks about how it will be a glorious appearing. A glorious appearing. And the Greek terminology that talks about there in Titus chapter 2, it has to do with a suddenness or an unexpectedness. This is a suddenness. The Bible says that Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. Why do thieves come in the night? Because you can't see them. It's not when you, you know, it's, it's, they come under the cover of darkness when you can't see them, and, and it's unexpected. If a thief were to call you up and say, hey, 
Next week, Tuesday night, around 6.30, I'm going to break into your house and steal all your stuff. Oh, okay, I'll make sure I'm not there. They come unexpectedly. They're not going to warn you. There's going to be very little warning. Christ's return is like a thief in the night. It will be unexpected. It will be sudden. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 and 44, it says, Keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. There will be people rising up saying, Oh, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Jesus says, It's not going to be when you expect me, it will be unexpected. It will be sudden, again, like a thief in the night. If you were expecting the thief, you would, you know, stop him. There will be no stopping the return of Christ. When he comes, he comes. It will be a glorious appearing. It will be a revelation. We are awaiting the revelation of Jesus Christ, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. We are awaiting the revelation of Jesus Christ. He will be revealed. Every eye will see him. Jesus will be revealed to us. We will see him face to face. That's a day that I look forward to. A day that I cannot wait for. And I must be ready. And you must be ready. And we must be ready. Jesus came in humiliation. He came to earth. He humbled himself, as the book of Philippians says. He humbled himself and became obedient to death on a cross. He humbled himself. He was humiliated. As he was raised up on the cross, people mocked him and insulted him. And they spit on him. He saved others, let him save himself. They hurled insults at him. He was humiliated. When he comes again, though, not this time. When Jesus Christ returns, when he comes again, he will come in power, he will come in glory, he will be revealed for all to see. He will not be humiliated, but he will be triumphant. He will be victorious, the King of kings, the Lord of the lords. He will ride on a, on a white horse, his eyes of fire. And we will see him, and he will be victorious. Can't wait. That day is coming. He will come. He, it will be a glorious appearing. He will be revealed. It will be, we will be in his presence. For all eternity, we will be with Jesus. We will be in his presence. We will be with him. We will not be alone. We will never feel abandoned or forsaken. He will be with us forever. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And his people will rejoice, as it says in 1 Peter 4, 13. Jesus Christ is coming again. And it's not going to be the secret event. It's not going to be some, you know, some kind of secret rapture. It's going to be with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. When Christ returns, when he returns from heaven, there will be a, a loud sound. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And this is where we're going to talk about the rapture. We're going to talk about after his coming, after he returns. It says, the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, we will all not sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. We will be changed. He will return, and we will be raised, and we will be changed. I believe that there are going to be 
Two raptures. There will be two. Hmm? What are these two raptures you speak of, Sean? The first will be the wicked. The wicked will be... Uh, the word rapture means to be caught up or to snatch up. The wicked will be raptured first. What are you talking about? That's not in those left-behind books, right? No, it's not. That's not what the preacher on TV says. No, it's not. The, the, the common rapture theology that a lot of people believe in doesn't go back to the Bible days. It doesn't go back to the 3rd century or the 5th century or the 7th or the 9th or the 13th century. It goes back about 200 years. 200 years ago, they started teaching that there was going to be this secret rapture, that Jesus was going to come back and no one was going to know about it. And all of a sudden, well, nowadays they believe that you know planes are going to plummet out of the sky because Christian pilots are going to be raptured and taken away and, and the planes are going to crash and cars are going to veer off the road and, you know... That's about 200 years old. It's not a biblical teaching. Sorry to disappoint. You can cancel your rapture insurance. I believe in two raptures. The first that the wicked will be taken and then the second will be the righteous. Now, why do I believe that? Because in Matthew chapter 13, uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talks about, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 13. He talks about the parable. Let me get this right. Because I don't want to, I don't want to get you wrong. Matthew chapter 13, verses 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, don't, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then, where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. That's the end times. In Matthew chapter 24, in Matthew 24, Jesus talks about signs of the end of the age. Because you may be asking yourselves, now wait a minute, what about like when Jesus said that there will be two in the field, one will be taken, the other left behind, right? Or what about, you know, two women grinding at the wheel and one will be taken, the other left behind? Well, it's, it's the, the, the wicked who are left behind. Jesus is going to take us first, right? No. Well, what do you mean? Because in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says it'll be like it was in the days of Noah. It'll be like it was in the days of of Noah. Well, what does that mean? Matthew 24, 37. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the, uh, at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Wait a minute. Took who all away? The wicked. The wicked were the ones swept away. That is how it will be coming at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken, and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would, not have, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. It's interesting what we think about 
as it was in the coming of the days of Noah. I need this one more time. What it was in, in the days of Noah. It was the wicked who were swept away. It was the wicked who were taken away. It was the righteous who were left behind. When Jesus says it will, it'll be as it was in the days of Noah, not only is it going to be sudden and unexpected, but the, the wicked are swept away. The righteous are left behind. When he says that there will be two in the field, one will be taken away, the other left behind, as it was in the days of Noah, what does that mean? It means that there are a lot of people who got it wrong, I believe. They think, well, you know what? Here's, here's, to me, this is the problem, okay? Here's the, the thing. This is the trick the devil plays, okay? The devil uses, you know, good things and says, oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it, okay? Don't, don't worry about putting your faith and trust in Christ, okay? Don't worry about Jesus coming back, okay? Because what's going to happen is all these Christians are going to disappear, and then you'll know it's time to put your faith and trust in Christ, right? Then you'll know it's time to, it's time to put your faith in Jesus, because when all these people disappear, then you know, oh, time's running short. Better do this quick. You got all the time in the world. Just wait till everybody disappears. What if that's a lie? I mean, what if that is a lie? What if, what if it's the opposite way, the way Jesus said it would be, where the wicked are swept away first, and then the righteous are left behind to be raptured? As it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, that, there, that uh, we will be taken away. That we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. We will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. In 2 Peter chapter 3, this is, this is really cool. What's going to happen is, is that Jesus is going to return. The, the wicked will be swept away. The righteous will be left behind. It says we will be caught up to meet him in the air. He will come with our loved ones uh, on power, in power and glory on the clouds. We will be caught up to meet them in the air. In 2 Peter chapter 3, it says that the universe will be cleansed by fire. 2 Peter 3, 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with the promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So you have, this is the way I understand it, okay? This is how I see it. You have the wicked swept away, the righteous raptured, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The universe is cleansed by fire, and then a new heaven, new earth. As it says there in Second Peter chapter 3, new heavens, new earth. Come out of heaven, the new Jerusalem, we live with Jesus forever. Does that work? I may be challenging your thinking. I may be challenging things that you have held and believed for a long time. My, my advice to you is read the Bible. What does the Bible say? I believe that Scripture is pretty clear when it comes to the return of Christ. I believe, A, he is, coming a he is coming again, and I believe He is coming soon. In Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 and 2, it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. There's coming a day after Jesus returns when, when we will spend eternity with Christ. We will spend eternity with God in this wonderful place that he has prepared for us. Jesus said, I go and I prepare a place for you. 
I look around, I look at the world around us, I look at the beauty of creation, I look at everything around us, and if, if Christ is preparing a place for us, look at the place he, pre- he prepared for us that we've ruined by sin. Imagine a place where sin will never taint anything again, where sin will never ruin anything again. Imagine a place that Jesus himself has prepared just for us. That is heaven. That's right. I saw those thumbs up. That is heaven. And that, my friends, that is where we belong. That is where we belong. Kevin Miller is the executive vice president of Christianity Today International. And he got a rental car, Chrysler 300, big. You know, and he had to drive to Fort Wayne. He lives up in Chicago. He's going to drive to Fort Wayne. How do you get to Fort Wayne from Chicago? Toll road, right? So he gets on the toll road. On his home personal car, he has an iPass. In the rental car from Enterprise, they did not provide an iPass. First toll, zips right through it. Realizes, oh no, I don't have an iPass. Oh, I'm sure that the, in my rental agreement or something that they just take care of the tolls. That's what he thought to himself. So he's just zipping along. He passes through four more tolls. Shoom, 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 shoom. He starts thinking to himself, man, what, what if I'm committing toll violations? What if I get a, a letter from them? And, and I mean, what's going to happen? And he, then he thought to himself, you know what? It's, it's like four bucks in tolls. There's no way they're, gonna, they're not going to go to the effort and the time to, to find me for, you know, for five tolls. You know, $4? Is it really worth someone's time to, to, to get me for four bucks? This was in April of 2008. Around October of 2008. Six months later, he opens, gets a letter in the mail. It says, notice, toll violations. He's like, great, I've got to send $3.90 to the, to the Illinois, to the, uh, toll system. He opens it up, five toll violations, 20 bucks a piece. He said, they may not be interested in $3.90, but they sure wanted their $103.90. He said, I thought I was in the clear. I thought I was in the clear. I thought, you know, they, they're not going to touch me. It's no big deal, but he said judgment was coming. Whether I realized it or not, it was coming. My friends, whether we realize it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we believe it or not, Jesus is coming again. There is a time coming when we will stand before God in judgment. There is time coming when we will be held accountable for the things done in the body, both good and bad. There is a time coming when Jesus will return on the clouds in power and glory and every eye will see him. Your two eyes and your head, my two eyes and my head, we will see Jesus face to face. And the question is, is what will the verdict be when you stand before your Savior and your God? What will the verdict be? Guilty or innocent? Those who have been washed clean in the blood of the Lamb, those who have been forgiven of their sins will be found innocent. Those who have been clothed with Christ, Christ, God will see them as Christ, and they will be found innocent. You may not think it's coming. You may not believe it's going to happen in your lifetime, but it is coming. There is coming a day. And the question I have for you today is, are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus to return? Are you ready for Jesus to come back? Are you ready to see him face to face? Are you ready to stand before him? Are you ready? Are you prepared? 
We offer an invitation every Sunday, and the invitation is very simple. If you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus, or if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, but you've never been baptized, we invite you today to come and be baptized, to give your heart, to give your life to Christ. Or if you want to join our church family as a member, if you, if you would like to become part of our church family, we're, we're getting ready to offer another membership seminar, and we'd like to ta- I'd like you to talk to me after church today, and let's talk about becoming a member of our church family. We'll uh, let you know more information about that next membership seminar here in the next couple of weeks. Or if you need to pray with someone today, if there's something heavy on your heart, if today's service has touched you in a very powerful, special way, we invite you to come and we invite you to uh, pray with one of us today. Don't let this moment pass you by. Today is the day. Now is the time. Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. Are you ready? Heavenly Father, please prepare our hearts for the return of your Son. Scripture tells us very clearly that he is coming again. It tells us that he will come like a thief in the night, that we will not be expecting it, and he will return. Things may look bad, things may look awful, things may get worse, but no matter what happens, we know that Jesus comes back and Jesus wins. I pray that you would prepare our hearts and help us to be ready for his return. That we may live lives, as Peter says, of of godliness and righteousness. For we serve a holy God. And your expectation is holiness of us. May we live these lives that please you as we await the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen.